But Hezekiah was going to die. The Lord told him, it sent Isaiah to tell him, you know, he's going to die. And when he learned that, he rolled over toward the wall, so the Bible says, and he prayed and he cried. How would you feel if now, not somebody else telling you, but God telling you, it's time to come home. Get your house in order. How would you feel? How would you pray? And that's the, that's the key of what I'm going to be talking about this morning. Because we need to pray, and the Bible tells us we need to pray in the will of God. We need to pray, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus did that. And he tells us in his scripture, it's not what I want. Now, it doesn't hurt to pray and tell God sometimes what you want or what you desire. But when you finish, you should always say, if it's your will. And we're going to find out in this prayer that Hezekiah prayed, he didn't pray that way. And I've never looked at it, you know, from this standpoint. He prayed a selfish prayer, but he was a righteous king, and God honored it. And God gave him 15 more years. Now, that's usually where we hear the story end. 15 more years. And that is great. That is wonderful. So let's look into this story and see what's going on. We're, we're looking at two historical chapters from the book of Isaiah. These are placed you know, right in between the 36th chapter and the 40th chapter. There is a story there of Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah. Now before I go into this, let's see who these people are. Who, who are these? So, first of all, let's look at Hezekiah. According to the Bible, he was the son of Ahaz, and he was the 13th king of Judah. He is considered to be a very righteous king in both the uh, second book of Kings and the second book of Chronicles. And according to the Bible, Hezekiah assumed the throne of Judah at the age of 25, and he reigned for about 29 years. Some writers think that Hezekiah uh, was a co-regent with his father Ahaz for about 14 years. So that briefly tells you who Hezekiah is. He is the king of Judah. Okay, then we look at, at the next one is Isaiah. Who was Isaiah? Isaiah was a Hebrew prophet, believed to have lived somewhere around 700 years before the birth of Christ. He was born in, in uh, Jerusalem, Israel. He was said to have found his calling, and you've heard people preach from this, when he saw a vision in the year of King Uzziah's death, and that's you know when it all starts. And Isaiah prophesied about the coming of Jesus Christ. Now the book of Isaiah, which is also called Isaiah, it's one and the same, it's one of the major prophetical uh, writings of the Old Testament. The superscription identifies Isaiah as the son of Amos, and his book 
as the vision of Isaiah concerning Judah, Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, all kings of Judah. Now, we read this and we, we begin with verse 1 of chapter 38 uh, in, in the book of Isaiah. And he says, in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in the sight of the Lord. And this, this is all true. He was a good king. And Hezekiah wept sore. And then we go to... Uh, Verse 4, uh, he said, Then Hezekiah, uh, excuse me, turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee. He goes all through this. And the Lord tells him, he said, Go and say to Hezekiah, because of his prayer, Thus saith the Lord and the God of David our father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. And behold, I will add 15 years to your life. And then he went on uh, to tell him, he, he goes into verse 7, talks about 6 and 7, talks about the signs that's going to happen. He said, in this sign in verse 8, he said, I will bring again the shadow of the degrees which is gone down in the sundial of Ahaz, 10 degrees backward. So the sun returned 10 degrees by which Degrees it had gone down. This was a sign of what he was going to do. So whenever Hezekiah prayed, God heard his prayer. And God said, I will give you 15 more years. And usually that's where we, we end it. Great. This is super. He's given 15 more years. But now I've got to go on uh, down into uh, chapter 39. And uh, he says, at that time, uh, I want to go ahead and read this scripture and then we'll come back to both of these in a few minutes. At that time, Merodach Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he had heard that he had been sick and he had recovered. And Hezekiah was glad of them. And showed them the house of his precious things. The silver, gold, he goes through all the things here, all the treasures. There was nothing in his house, nor in all of his dominion, that Hezekiah didn't show them. I mean, he showed them everything. Then came Isaiah, the prophet unto the king Hezekiah, and he said to them, He said, Who are these men? Where did they come from? And Hezekiah said, they are from a far country, even from Babylon. And remember that, where they're from. Then he goes on. Then said Isaiah, well, what have they seen 
in your house? And the king answered, all that is in my house, they have seen. There's nothing in my treasures I have not showed them. Then said Isaiah to Ezekiel, hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days come that all that is in thine house and all that which thy fathers have laid up in store until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And of thy sons that issue from thee, that in other words, your descendants, which thou shalt beget, they shall make thine, uh, take them away. And they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. And if you remember, there are several of these that are descendants. One of them is Daniel. Another is Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego. You've heard the stories uh, uh, from them. These were all eunuchs, emasculated men, slaves in the, in the palace of Babylon whenever they were taken into the Babylonian captivity. So you want to, to uh, remember this as we continue in his prayer and what he said in that prayer. Bad things happen sometimes. And uh, in this case, there are two things that happened from Hezekiah's prayer. Sure, the Lord granted him 15 years, and we can say praise the Lord for that. But sometimes it pays to listen to the Lord. It pays to pray according to his will, not our will. Now, when you, when you read the story in the life of, of good King Hezekiah, who he was, uh, you can't help but, but marvel it, 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 the miraculous things. And God said to him, you're, you're going to die. Set your house in order. You're not going to live. You would think for somebody who has lived a long time and given their heart to the Lord and they're considered to be a good king, you would think, Lord, just go ahead and take me home. Lord, according to your will be done. But Hezekiah didn't do that. No, he prayed. And he prayed that that death would pass him right now. It would be deferred. Defer this. Not right now. I've been a good king. I've done what you've asked for. I've done everything that you wanted me to do. And you think, well, you know, this is a marvelous story. But he didn't pray, not my will thine be done. If it's better for me to live, give me days and length of years. If it's better that, that I die, may God choose what is best for me. But that's not what he prayed. And he didn't pray in the will of God, but he wanted extended life. He didn't want to die. So God honored him. So there's two things that, that happened here that were, that were bad. And now we want to look at, at these two. The two things that happened in those 15 years. First of all, in those 15 years that God gave him, his son Manasseh was born. And you may think, okay, so what? But you see, there is not one time, but many times, that God says in his word, 
because of the sins and the wickedness of Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah, I will destroy this people. I will lay waste this land. I will send them into slavery and captivity because of the sins of Manasseh. You find this in 2 Kings. You find it also in Jeremiah. And then if you look at 2 Kings 21, it tells us that Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign. So that tells us that Manasseh was born three years after God extended that 15 years. Because it says he was 12 years old when he began to reign. And Manasseh was born, it says, and the, he reigned 50 and 55 years, in five years in Jerusalem. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord after the abomination of the heathen. He is the worst king in the history of Judah and Israel. The worst king that ever came to the throne. This is all a result now. God gave the 15 years, but look what's happening. And he built altars for all of the other gods, of the heathen gods. And he built them in the very house, in the temple of the Lord. And now you see why God would not forgive Manasseh. Because of what he did. He offered his own son as a burnt offering, a sacrifice to the god Molech. Can you imagine having your own son burned as an offering to a heathen god? And then we, we go a little further and we look into 2 Kings. And he says, and Manasseh seduced them to do more evil than did the nations whom the Lord destroyed before the children of Israel. And the Lord spoke by his servants, the prophets, saying, and to go down to verse 11, because Manasseh, king of Judah, did this abomination and done wickedly above all which was before him and hath made Judah to sin. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, I will bring such an evil upon Jerusalem and Judah as when a man hears it, they won't even believe it, what's happening. Moreover, we jump down to verse 16. He said, moreover, Manasseh shed innocent blood very much till he had filled Jerusalem from one end to another beside uh, sin Beside his sin, wherewith he made Judah to sin, in doing that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. And now they're going to pick this up again in the next chapter. As though this wasn't enough. Speaking now about good King Josiah. See, Josiah was one of the best kings of Israel. Josiah was in the lineage and he talks about the grandson of Manasseh and Josiah. Uh, the Bible says there was none like him. Uh, no king before him that turned the Lord with all his heart, 
with all his soul, with all his might, according to the law of Moses, neither after him arose there any like him. The grandson became a great king, but that didn't erase the sins of Manasseh. And we go on in, in 2 Kings. He says, notwithstanding, even though uh, this was a great king here, notwithstanding the Lord turned not from the fierceness of his wrath, wherewith his anger was kindled against Judah, because of all the provocations that Manasseh had provoked him with all. And the Lord said, I will remove Judah out of my sight. See, his wrath is still uh, great against Judah because of Manasseh. I will remove Israel and will cast off this city of Jerusalem, which I have chosen because of the sins of Manasseh. And as though that wasn't enough, the Bible picks up again in chapter 24 of 2 Kings. And he said, In his days, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up. And then we go on down to verse 2. And the Lord sent against him the bands of the Chaldees, and he sent others, and sent them against Judah to destroy it according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by his servants, the prophets. Surely, at the commandment of the Lord, came this upon Judah, to remove them out of his sight because of the sins of, who? Manasseh. Because of the sins of Manasseh, according to all that he did. And also for the innocent blood that he shed. For he filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, which the Lord would not pardon. Did you get that? Which the Lord would not pardon. He would not pardon the sins of Manasseh. Because his sins were so great. And as though that were not enough, listen to the prophet Jeremiah in uh, what he says. Then said the Lord unto me, though Moses and Samuel stood before me, yet my mind could not, uh, would not, not be toward, could not be toward his, this people, I shall cast them out of my sight. And it shall come to pass if they say unto thee, Well, whither wilt thou uh, did go forth? Will we go? He said, Then thou shalt say, Thus saith the Lord, Such as are for death to death, such as are for the sword to the sword, such as are for famine to the famine, and such as are for slavery to slavery, and I will appoint upon them four kinds, saith the Lord, the sword to slay, and dogs to tear, and the fowls of the heaven, and the beast of the earth to devour and to destroy. God is still, his, his wrath is still kindled toward Manasseh and the sins of Manasseh. And all out of an answered prayer. All out of a prayer that Hezekiah prayed. 
Had there not been added to the life of Hezekiah, those 15 years, Manasseh would never have been born. But out of the answered prayer came this son for whose iniquity God would not pardon. And he sends out judgment and sends out slavery to the people. Then we go to the second thing that happened. And uh, Manasseh, you know, seemed to be bad enough. And because of Manasseh, now here we're going to find the children of Israel, of Judah, going to be going into Babylonian captivity. And we see that as we go into the, the, the second thing that is so bad. And he says that uh, the scripture tells us that out of this answer prayer, now, Merodach Baladin, the son of Baladin, the king of Babylon. That is, he was a crown prince. He was the, uh, the, the apparent heir that was going to uh, be coming to the throne. He was sent by the king of Babylon to Hezekiah in flattery. See, they heard that Hezekiah had been sick. They heard that Hezekiah is now not sick anymore. God had blessed him. God had given back the, uh, all of the, the, the things that he had. God had tremendously blessed him. But what happened to Hezekiah during this time? He became haughty. He became kind of lifted up, kind of high. Because he's thinking, well, God heard my prayer. I'm somebody. God has blessed me. I can commune with God and he has blessed me. And he's heard my prayer. He became kind of high and lifted up. And he was a person who was very easy to flatter and get what you want. Have you ever known anybody like that? You know, what is the old saying? Flattery will get you somewhere. You go to somebody and you flatter them and you just all oh, put the praises on them and trying to get them to do what you want them to do. And this is exactly what happened. You see, Assyria was the great empire. Its capital was at Nineveh. But right south of the capital, uh, uh, Nineveh, which was located on the Tigris River, there was a province there, and the capital was located on the Euphrates River, and the name of the place was called Babylonia. Now, the, the governor of Babylonia was looking at Assyria. Assyria was the great empire at the time. And he was thinking, we can, if I get people to join forces with us, we can overthrow Assyria... And we can set up our own empire, which eventually they did, and it became known as the Babylonian Empire. And they went to Hezekiah, and oh, they gave all the flattery. Now, whenever they came, what did Hezekiah do with all the flattery and their praising him? He showed them all in Judah. They're, 
I mean, he showed them all, all of their riches, all of the glories that God had blessed them with. And uh, I mean, he was, he was proud, very proud, showing them everything. And then the Lord sends Isaiah back to him and tells him, you know, because you've done this, you're going to be taken into captivity. Well, what happened is whenever they went to Hezekiah from Babylonia, he fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. And uh, I know that there are leaders today who are very gullible. You know, you give them a little flattery and you can get anything. And God is not like that. And this is what happened. Now, this happened in the 15 years of life that God gave to Hezekiah when he extended his life. So we have the problem with Manasseh, and now we have the problem here with the flattery that he received because he had become sort of high and lifted up. And because God had favored him, he just thought he, thought he was somebody. You know, I, I, I'm it. I'm, I have favor with God. I am, I am really somebody. And because of this, uh, because of the, the 15 years that were added. And it, the Bible says, And it was then that Isaiah the prophet of God came to him with the word, Hezekiah, because of the favor of God upon him, was proud and lifted up. There is a prayer to be prayed for all of us in no matter what situation that we're in. But the prayer always ought to be, Lord, if it's better for me to die, okay, let me die. If it furthers your kingdom in the earth and thus be chosen, then God, let it be so. But not my will, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will. Hezekiah facing death, he didn't, he didn't want to die. He didn't want to leave, so he prayed. God honored his prayer and gave him 15 years. And all of this happened within those 15 years. And as a result, later on, they were taken into Babylonian captivity. And the, his descendants were eunuchs in Babylonian captivity. How many of you have ever prayed prayers that you something that you really want, something that you desire? Oh, Lord, if you just help me get this. Oh, Lord, just help me do that. And then God honors your prayers, and it happens. And then a year later, or maybe sometime less than that, you look back and say, whoa, I wish I hadn't done that. Anybody ever done anything like that? You don't have to raise your hand. Probably all of us. And, and the reason is, you know, it, we don't pray in, in, in the way that God wants us to. We pray according to His will. In, in the Lord's prayer, He says, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. What? Thy will be done. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Even Jesus taught us to pray according to the will of God. And then we go to the Lord 
uh, in Gethsemane whenever he went and he prayed. And he was about to suffer on the cross and all the agony that he was be, uh, going to be going through. And let us, uh, he said, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, what? Not my will. Thine be done. Thine be done. And then we go on even further, uh, you know, praying in the will of God. And we look at James 4, 13 and 14. He said, come now. You who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. But he goes on. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. In verse 15 he said, Instead, you ought to pray if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this and that. Even God himself, Jesus told us how to pray. But what happens when you don't pray in the will of God? This happened to Hezekiah. Even though he was a good king, even though he had had done everything that God had told him to do, when it came right down to, to the end, he wanted to live a little longer. And he didn't pray according to God's will. It was God's will to take him home at that time because he even sent the prophet Isaiah to him to tell him that God said, get your house in order for you're going to die and not live. But he didn't want to do that. So it was a selfish prayer that he prayed. And God honored that prayer. Does God still honor our prayers? I mean, we're good Christian people. We do what we want. We pray. Uh, We we pray something sometimes. And we want it so bad. And we, we go and God sees our tears and he sees our heart. And finally he says, okay, I'm going to grant it. And then he grants it. And later on we wish, oh gracious, had that not happened. I've heard people say, and I thought at the time when I first heard it, I thought, hmm, I have to think about that. But I heard someone say one time, well, uh, my son or my daughter just got saved. They're living a good Christian life. They've had a a terrible uh, background. They've had a terrible period in their life that, you know, running away from God. But now they are Christians and serving the Lord. And this person said, I would rather that God take my son or my daughter right now while they're living for him than to risk them not living for him in the future. And I thought, man, that sounds a little selfish at first. But it's not. It's somebody who loves somebody. Because when we pray out of the will of God, God may grant it, but we may regret it. So when you pray, pray according to God's will. What He wants, not my will, your will be done. In the least of things, 
and in the greatest of things. Pray according to God's will. Because if we stay in His will, we know that we're going to be all right. But if we don't, God may grant it and we may regret it later on on how we pray. So make sure, and the emphasis today is make sure that you pray in the will of God. When you say something, you may casually be talking to someone, well, I'll see you tomorrow, the Lord willing. Well, I'll see you at church tomorrow, the Lord willing. Well, I'll, I'm planning, we're planning on taking our vacation uh, uh, well, such and such a month and we're going to go to such and such a place and we're going to have such a great time but most of the time we end it right there but we should say the Lord willing because we pray in the will of God Father we thank you for your blessings today we thank you for your word we thank you for the lessons that you give us in your word and I pray that you would touch us and help us in a very special way that, that whenever we pray, Lord, it's all right to present our petitions to you. It's all right to give praise to you. It's all right to, to, to say sometimes, Lord, I wish so and so. But Lord, help us always to finalize that prayer in saying, Father, not my will, but thine be done according as Jesus had told us to pray. Lord, I pray that you would go with us, guide us, and protect us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Let me put in one little plug before we dismiss. Starting Sunday night, uh, I'm going to be teaching a series. It's a four-week Bible study. That, that the Lord has helped me put together. I've never seen this anywhere else, and uh, the Lord has blessed me. I've been working on it for several months. But it's drawing closer to God. And you, uh, it's a four-part four every Sunday night. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, after I finish up here, I'll be doing this same series at uh, Southside in Alma uh, Church. They've already asked me to do it there. But what it is, it's, it's, it's a tool to help you realize where you are standing in, in, in the uh, circles of God. Uh, there, there are circles around Christ whenever he was on this earth. You know, close, you know, right, you know there are many circles. I have eight of them that where you fit into these circles. And then what are the characteristics of each circle as they get closer and closer and closer down to the one? There was one that, that Jesus said, the disciple whom he loved. What were those characteristics? So we're looking at from the world all the way down from, to the one. And this is a tool not to look at your neighbor and say, Oh, look at them. Oh, they're probably out there in circle eight. Oh, look at that one. They're probably over here in the circle uh, two. It's not, that's not the point. The whole point is, and what I'm saying in this Bible study, God wants us to draw closer to him. 
That's the whole key point of this Bible study for four Sundays that we'll be looking at these. And there's, he asked, there's a lot that I've learned whenever I was putting all this together. Uh, it, it, it's just a, a tool to help you say, am I drawing closer to the Lord or am I not? Whoa, I'm not doing all these characteristics that are in this circle. I'm not even there. I'm way out here or I'm doing more. But it helps you as a guide to determine, am I drawing closer to the Lord or not? That's all I want to say right there. God bless you. Appreciate you. Thank you for being here. And you go and have a great day in the Lord.